What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that my dad and I argue about all of the time. And before we get into that, the main topic of today's episode is that they are silently trying to control you. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, anytime that I get those junk spam calls, and now text messages, a majority of them are trying to sell me solar. We live in the middle of nowhere, so random knocks on the door are pretty sporadic. However, it's happened. But in our other house next to my dad, any time that somebody was going to knock on our door, it was either a Jehovah's Witness or it was somebody trying to sell us solar. And here in Southern California, you can't drive down any street without seeing, I would say probably, it it depends on the area, but maybe a good majority, I would say about 20%. 20% of the homes have solar on their roofs. Some some neighborhoods have upwards of like 98% solar mm-hmm. on their roofs, especially if you're going down into like the Orange County and LA areas. And for Clint and I, we've never wanted solar. And in the beginning, when we didn't really know much about it, it was because it just wasn't cost efficient. It's only the two of us. And now Edison here, I think our bill last month was like $550 for our electricity. And I'm in these Facebook groups and I see everybody complaining that there's not only is it just astronomical in terms of what it was last year or even the years before. And on your bill, it shows you the comparison of this year to last year. And your usage is the same, but the price is doubled and you have no control over that. Right. So in that aspect, it's almost as though people are being coerced into getting solar. Otherwise, you're going to you know, have to pay an arm and a leg every month, especially during the summer. And they're even tacking on fees. If you don't have a paperless sign-up, they charge you, I think, $5 a month. And if you're like me and don't look at the bill, like, of course, you wouldn't even know that you're being charged something like that. So as time goes on, it seems that They're trying to pressure people and they're pressuring people with their pocketbooks. And I think that that is a really shitty way to conduct business, but it's also state dependent, right? It depends on where you live because in California, we're probably experiencing it quite the the worst, I think. And the crazy thing is that in the past five to seven years, so many people have signed up for solar and we used to have blackouts all of the time. And we used to have these threats of, you know, you, you have to conserve your energy. Otherwise, we're going to have another blackout. And from then until now, with the majority, not the majority, with a great deal of people having already gone solar, you would think that that issue would have gone down, right? People are leaving the state in crazy numbers. So it's not like we're being inundated, except for the illegals that are coming over here and using our resources. But you would think that that would have helped the problem, right? And now we have them pressuring us, telling us that we are all going to have to go to to electric vehicles. And that is a push that we're seeing in ways that also feel like they're becoming inevitable. But 
The funny thing about that is about three weeks ago, we received a notice telling us that if we have an electric vehicle, we couldn't charge it. There were limitations on being able to charge your electric vehicle. And so it makes you wonder, like, wait a second, we're all going electric. We're all going solar. We're doing all the things that you're telling us that you want us to do. And then you're telling us that there's a issue with the power grid and everything's going to be shut down if we don't charge our electric cars that you forced us to get in the first place, which I don't have, by the way. I don't <laughs> think I'll ever have. And then in Colorado a few weeks ago, they capped 22,000 residents with those smart thermostats, which I'll never have one of those. We should actually stock up on like tangible legit old school thermostats just to make sure that we have them when they become unavailable because that will happen. And they essentially tapped into their smart thermostats and then they capped their residence settings to make sure that they couldn't go any lower than 78 degrees during the, we had a major heat wave and so did they. So then they're telling you that even though you're going to be paying for your electricity, we don't want you to use more than 78 degrees of it because Although everybody is going to solar and although everybody is going to electric cars, it's still not good enough. And it makes me wonder what the next thing is. Like, what is the ultimate goal of this? If everybody is following them like sheep and doing the things that they're asking and being told and then eventually being forced to do, and then it's not good enough. So what will come next? And I think that it's being set up in such a way that whatever is coming next you're going to have no choice but to comply. Well, and a lot of this, and, and I can tell you what's going to come next, is going to be water. It's going to be not allowed to water your plants or you're only able to utilize so much water within a day. And because we're facing another drought, so they say, and, and that's something that they're going to start pushing on that end and trying to find renewable resources with the whole water crisis, as I'm doing air quotes, that they're going to push upon us. And I think with that and, you know, going to the electricity side of things, like if we don't have electricity, we don't have water either. And that is something that there's a lot of people who are living in a rural area who if they live off a well pump or something like that you don't if you don't have an electric grid to support yourself i mean you have to have almost self-sustaining water generator or self-sustaining electricity or a generator something like that to support your your just human needs and it's besides the point of what they're pushing on us. I mean, we're getting into this ration state where they're going to start divvying out rations of this is the amount of electricity you're allotted to use. If you, you overuse it, then we're cutting your electricity off until the next day. I can easily foresee that happening because we have so much privatized electricity and water and everything that they're doing in that area instead of it being government ran per se it's so privatized where they have all the control these companies run our state and we don't even recognize it yeah we have that app downloaded that you could see if you see a an aircraft flying you can target it and see exactly what it is where it came from what elevation it's at what's that called 
Um, radar or something. Radar. And with that app, there this past week, there was a helicopter. And I didn't recognize the, the colors of this helicopter. It's Flight Radar 24. And it was flying all day long, just checking out the power lines. And when I tried to see who it was, what it was, it said privately owned. And then for about four or five days, they were dropping those those guys that go on to the, the large telephone or electric. What is that called? The electric towers are the to check the like transformer boxes and the wire cable connections. Yeah. I, so they're essentially they're like these pole walkers. They're linemen. I think that's what they're called. So coolest job ever. Right. <laughs> like sitting in a fucking basket hanging from a helicopter. It was probably like 35 mile per hour winds, too. I was complaining to Clint that you could see these guys in these baskets being like drug by <laughs> these helicopters because it was so windy and they were dropping them off. And for days and days and days, I don't know what they were doing, but it was a private, like you just said, a privately owned helicopter. And it didn't say anything about Edison, but obviously if they're on Edison electric lines, then that's who it is. Yeah. And it's something that these companies, they, they have all that control for us and, and their maintenance of it. I mean, you look at, I think it was the paradise fire up in Northern California that, or central California that was caused by Edison lines and the amount of people that lost their lives to this. And where's the repercussions for that? Or where's the, you know, government stepping in. I, I know they were fined and, and all that stuff, but do you think there's going to be any criminal action taken against their negligence? Because that's what it came down to was negligence. And, you know, they're short-staffed. Everyone's short-staffed, and, and I get that. I'm going to pause you there because I was thinking a few moments ago how absurd it is that this type of thing is happening because they, they're not as short-staffed anymore. I don't know, as you listen to this, if it's the same wherever you live with your electric, your electricity company. But here, we actually have Edison flying drones around our neighborhood, checking our electric meters and all of their equipment out. No, and 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 that's what I was getting to, is it people use that as an excuse. Whether they are or not, it's an excuse. And it's a reason to keep the costs low for themselves. It's not that they're short staff. It's they keep their cells understaffed typically, so it's a cost saving so they can make more money off of it. And going to the solar panels that all these houses and businesses have nowadays, I know we do have an increased amount of electricity being utilized, but we also have a large amount of output going back to Edison through these solar panels, through these wind farms, through all this stuff that... How is how are we even more starving for electricity now when we have so much output going back to the company? Yeah. So the question becomes, what do you do? And it would it's difficult to say. Well, let me just fight the electric company, right? And then you're given the choice. Well, do I just suck up this five hundred fifty dollar a month payment, or do I go with the flow and get solar like they're telling me to? And I think. It comes down to being cognizant of the pattern of behavior for the companies that you do business with, number one, and definitely finding alternatives if you can, number two. And by looking at that pattern, then deciding if this pattern exists in 
other states and if it's just subjective to the area that you live in. And I know a lot of the issues that we face living in California are subjective to the place that we live in. And then formulating a plan with the things like that that are upsetting. When I go in these Facebook groups and then I see these people who are so vulgar and you know it's disruptive of their entire lives, especially if you can't afford a bill like that, then it might be time to start to decide what the next step will be for you and your family. I know for Clint and I, we won't live in California for the rest of our lives. We won't die here, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, things like that, I think, are important to start looking at as early as you can to start planning for it. And then to be aware that these types of things exist. And of course, to be vocal when things just don't feel right. This is just one of those things that doesn't feel right. So I'm really curious if you could send me a message at Ashley Walton on Facebook to let me know how things are where you live, especially if you live in a state that is not <laughs> that is not deteriorating like California. So if you've gotten any value out of this episode, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.